glad that you're here. If you have your smartphone with you this morning and you like Facebook, if you don't like it, you don't want to do this, but if you do like Facebook, then go onto Facebook, go to our Stuttgart Harvest Church page, and there at the top of that, you will find a link that Donnie just added, and if you follow that link, you will go to our interactive worship number two page, and that is where we're going to be this morning having an interactive experience with you while you're in here. It's where you can post some things, write some things on topic. And, um, and we'll be posting points as we go along, bottom line, next step, yeah. stuff like that. So Good deal. So we can do that. Donnie, catch us up with where we're headed today. Right. We're starting a brand new series called Elijah. And um, this morning I want to just start out by telling you a, a little story about uh, my family vacation. Actually, a couple months ago we went down to Gulf Shores. And two years ago when we went to Gulf Shores, we had a very interesting experience with the GPS. And um, what, what Actually happened... Actually ended up in Australia. Well, almost. It was a good thing there was some water or we would have. But it was a similar experience. What it was, we were going down um, to Gulf Shores and we ended up at Dolphin Island. And I don't know if you know or not, but Dolphin Island is on the other side of the, the Gulf from Gulf Shores. And there's about... Uh, and not very many, not really far from Gulf no, Shores. No, I mean, you can almost see it, and there's a ferry that connects Dolphin Island to Gulf Shores. That's the problem. There's, there's how many miles of water? Uh, a couple miles. But there's a ferry, so the GPS took us down to cross this ferry. The problem was the ferry was gone. It had been moved inland because of a storm that was coming through. So here we are, like almost can see where we're going, but we can't get there. So we have to drive like two hours back around. And there was a lot of complaining and crying and stuff. And the kids were upset too. <laughs> but it was just a really bad experience with the GPS. So this year when we went, we were like, this is not happening again. I printed out some instructions from Google Maps, turn by turn direction. So I said, but we're going to use the GPS. I'm going to take this. And we're not, this is not going to happen this year. And all is good until we get down in somewhere in Louisiana and the worst road ever. Um, and I think there was like some banjos playing and it was just, it was awful. But, <laughs> but what it was, the GPS was telling us to go one way and the, the instructions on the map was telling us to go the other way. So it, it was very confusing and anytime we have opposing um, things speaking into our life, telling us to do one thing or another, we have to make a decision. We have to obviously choose one or the other. And you, you obviously have experienced this if you live for any amount of time, maybe not with the map and the GPS thing, but in, in relationships. We commonly experience this kind of thing in relationships in our lives. And no matter who you are or how good you are relationally, there comes a time when you're not going to agree 100% of the time. And someone's going to be telling you something, and you're going to be thinking something else. Um, and you have a choice to make. You have a decision whether you'll listen to yourself or someone else. And, and we have a tendency we have uh, to listen to ourselves more yeah. often than we listen to other people because, you know, we think we're right, obviously. We believe that anyway. If we didn't, we would, we would change our mind on it most of the time. But... Uh, this happens a lot in our relationships, and we have to make this choice. And this, this not only happens in our relationships with people, but also it happens in our relationship with God. Um, and we have to make a choice whether we're going to listen to ourselves or whether we're going to listen to God. And Harlow, we're going we're gonna to look at a, a narrative this morning of Elijah. Yeah. 
We're going to see how he deals with uh, what he's going to do and what, who he's going to listen to. I had to get extra donut on my mouth on the way over from the West He had like to a here. donut sandwich. Had like. two donuts, stack, double stack. And I had brought it in here with me. I just felt it. So let's go back to Elijah. Not donuts. He didn't have donuts. He was from a rugged part of Israel, and it was very difficult for him to eke out a living. And here's what that means. We don't know a lot about his background, but we do know where he was from. And people from this part of Israel, because it was hilly, it was rocky, it was a tough place to earn a living, to grow a crop, to have a farm, to have, uh, to have a herd. It was difficult. So we know people from this area were tough. They were very rough. And he was a manly man. If you can kind of get in your mind the image of the brawny paper towel guy. Minus the paper towels. That was too luxurious for them. It was just the brawny guy. If you get that in your mind, that's kind of what the way Elijah was. He was a man's man, kind of larger than life. He was strong. He was powerful. He was rugged. And here we have him with the name Elijah, which literally means, my God is Jehovah. And what's interesting about that is he was from Israel, lived in Israel, was an Israelite whose God is Jehovah. But this entire nation had left God and they had abandoned God and they were serving other gods, which is so strange. But here we have Elijah whose name is, my God is Jehovah. Every day that he said his name, every day that someone called him by name, he, they were saying, hey... My God is Elijah. I mean, my God is Jehovah, not Elijah. My God's Jehovah. And so his very name meant that. And Elijah was one of the few people who were still following God. They were following God. They, even though the entire nation had left God, there was, a, there was a small number who were still following God, and Elijah was among those. So here's this manly man, this big burly guy, whose name means, my God is Jehovah, he's following Jehovah in a very difficult time because the king, his name was Ahab, king of Israel and uh, one of the kingdoms, and his wife was Jezebel, and she was a doozy. Let me tell you, she was a, Ahab was horrible. She was horribler. She was the horriblest-er. I mean, she was so bad that she was actually I hope, I hope having... I hope we don't have no English teachers No here. English teachers. She was the hor horribleister of all. Um, but she actually was having people who followed Jehovah killed and murdered. And, and it was a bloody time to be in Israel if you loved God. And that's why there were so few of them. I mean, the, the numbers were decreasing. They were being killed. It was just, it was a horrible time. But God gives Elijah a job. And he said, I want you to go talk to the king and so that's what happens. He gets an appointment with the king. So here's Elijah, whose very name means, my God is Jehovah. And he is daily trying to live for God. Every day, he's just doing his best to live for God. And God said, go talk to the king. So he went and talked to the king. Here's what he had to say. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishbe and, and uh, Gilead, that's how we know where he was from, and it was a very tough place. He told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives. In other words, he was reminding Ahab, listen, guy, you may not follow God, but God is still there. And then he said, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God I serve 
There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Elijah says, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. We're going to prove to you who God is. And this is so unique because this was a God, the God that they were serving, Baal, was really what they called the God of like rain and the God of the harvest, you know, these things. And, and, and God Jehovah, the real God, was saying, listen, we're going to show them who's really God. If you think you're God's God of the rain, well, listen, I'm going to make it stop raining. So why don't you pray to your God, Baal, and see if he can overcome that for you. Not going to work out real well for Baal or for people who love Baal. So here we have Elijah's short visit thing with the king. He talks to him. Things are getting ready to go really, really bad for Ahab and the entire nation. And so that's just what God told him to do, and that's what he did. Verse 2, then the Lord said to Elijah, so now God is speaking to Elijah. He says in verse 3, go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Now the word Kareth, this brook, this little brook, this stream, the name means to be cut off. And God is getting ready to take Elijah and cut him off from all of his normal life. From all of his life that he has had established in Gilead, his home, you know, he had his farm there. He had all that stuff there, all of his supplies, they were all there. He's going to cut him off from all of that and send him to this little bitty place. And he's going to tell him to hide there. Here's our bottom line today. It says daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. Let me say that again. Daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. No matter what. It doesn't matter what I want or what you want. That's not what is the issue. The issue is not what I want. The issue is what does God want? That's what matters. Daily dying, daily, moment by moment, dying to yourself. And here's what God had to say to him in verse 4. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I've commanded them to bring you food. God has placed Elijah now in a position of being totally dependent upon God. That's what he, he was going to be dependent and we are too. We've got to die to ourselves, die to our self-sufficiency, die to what we want, and realize that God is our source. He's our supply. And God was supplying for him here. But here's the weird thing. He was supplying through ravens. And I don't know if you understand the full grossness of this. Ravens were disgusting even back then. I mean, they had the reputation of eating people's eyeballs. Yeah, think about that over lunch. Yeah, that, that'll help you on your diet. They were just disgusting. They were an unclean animal, according to the Bible, and God chose to use this unclean animal to provide him with food. It, it was just not very ideal. And it certainly wasn't as good as he probably had it on his farm. Just not a great thing. But this is what God had said. He said, this is going to be it. In order, you're going to have to be totally dependent upon me. And it may not be your, what you desire or what you want. But you're going to have to be totally dependent on me. And daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. Verse 5. So Elijah did as the Lord told him. 
and he camped beside the Kareth Brook east of the Jordan. And in the NIV translation, it says, and he stayed there. That's where he stayed. So God said, I'm going to supply you with what you need, but you, you need to go over there to get it. That's where it's going to be. And so what did Elijah do? He went there. That's where God said go. Go there. And that's where Elijah went. If God says, I'm going to supply you and it's going to be over there. And if I choose to stay here, then guess what that means? I don't get God's supply. I'm not going to be daily living for God. Because that happens over there. Why over there? Because that's where God said, I'm going to take care of it over there. So in our lives, if God has told me to go there and I stay here, then guess what happens? I stop living for God and I start living again for me, which I'm much more comfortable with, by the way. But God said, go over there. That's where I promise to supply you. That's where I promise to meet with you, right over there. Go over there. And that's where he went. It's amazing how God can work over there. But so often I want him to do it right here. We can have so many spiritual disappointments in our life and so many just disappointments in general. But so often when we hit a disappointment somewhere where we're just really not content with life, maybe it's because God had said, hey, I, I want you to go over there. That's where I'm going to supply you over there. And as Donnie said, as we began, we decided to listen to ourselves and we went that way or we stayed here God didn't say okay Elijah I'm going to supply you in Jerusalem it probably was a lot better in Jerusalem he didn't say I'm going to supply you in Little Rock or Memphis or in Stuttgart he said over there and so that's where Elijah had to go daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself and that means this it means being where God wants you, not where you or I are more comfortable. Verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. What that tells us is the ravens brought him enough for two meals a day. No more, no extra. He didn't get three. God gave him two meals Enough to supply him with what he needed. Gave him two meals and he didn't get extra. It was just enough for that meal. That's all he gave him. We have the desire for surplus. We're like, hey God, yeah, ask the ravens to bring me enough for 50 years. That would be good, right? But God gave him just enough for that meal. Not even enough for the whole day. He gave him enough for that meal. We like to put our faith in the supply, don't we? We like to put our trust in the supply. 
We like to put our trust in our bank account or in our savings account or in our wallet. We like to put our trust in our friends who can help us. We like to put our trust in the fact that we know we have food in the refrigerator and we have food in the freezer and we have food in the cupboard. We like to put our trust in the supply. But God is saying it's not in the supply. You put your trust in the supplier. And God is the supplier. That's where we put our trust. And that's what he's saying to Elijah. Trust me. I'll get you through that one. That moment. Trust me for that moment. I'll get you through that. Daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. And this means Moment by moment, trusting God for that moment. Verse 7, but after a while, the brook dried up. There was no rainfall anywhere in the land. You say, but wait a minute. I thought God was supplying him because he told him to go over there and I'm going to supply you over there. Go there. So he went there and now, what's up with that? The brook dried up. And God didn't create a miracle to make the brook keep flowing and keep running with water. He didn't do that. God allowed the brook to dry up. What is up with that? I mean, that sounds like God abandoned him or God left him. That's a little weird. And we have those same feelings. When, when sources in our life dry up and they go away, we feel like God must be mad at us or God must have abandoned us. All that this signified was this. As far as God is concerned, here's what it is. God now can use a different source. God does allow sources to dry up. He allows them to go away. And you know what that does? That teaches us to not trust the supply, but to trust the supplier. So we just have to keep our eyes on God. When the sources dry up, keep our eyes. Don't put them on the source. Put them on the supplier. Keep our eyes on God. This happens to you, too. It happens to me. Our sources are going to dry up. The job you have now, it's probably not going to be your job forever. The sources of income that you have right now are probably not going to last. Even the friendships you have right now, some of those are going to wither away. Popularity, it's going to leave. Your health, even your health, eventually is going to evaporate. Sources are going to dry up, but it is not an indication that God has left you, that he's forsaking you. It's only an indication that now God can change or is changing the source. Such a hard thing to learn. We don't learn it usually on paper. This is something usually we have to experience to learn it. And I can tell you this. You are going to, in your life, have some brooks that dry up. And if you're like most people, it's going to happen not once, but many times. But that's an opportunity for you to grow your faith, for you to keep your eyes not on the supply, but on the supplier who is your source, your primary source. Daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. And so when the source 
changes, when things change in your life, keep trusting God. Keep dying to yourself. Verse 8, then the Lord God said to Elijah, he said in verse 9, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So God says, here's a new source. You were there. I told you to go there and you went there. Good. Now go there. Here's the problem with that. As Elijah looked at that, he's like, God, you're sending me to a widow. And in this day and time, a widow could barely take care of herself. I mean, if she was a widow, she was, she was not in good shape. And so someone who could barely take care of themselves, God, you're now saying they're going to take care of me? Didn't sound good. But it gets worse. He sent him to Zarephath. He said, that's your new there, Zarephath. Here's the problem with that. Zarephath, that was the home, the neighborhood of Jezebel. That was her country. Where, if I said this, I think I did earlier, where her dad, her dad was the high priest of some of these gods. And God was sending him there? That makes no sense because they are the people trying to kill him. Which they have so successfully done to so many other people. And now he's like saying, hey, hey, great idea. Go hang out there. They will never know you're not part of them. What? But that's what God said. He said, go there. It was going to require from him unconditional obedience in order to do that. Because that there, he didn't want to go there. But God said, go there. He had some options. He could quit and say, okay, God, I give up. I'm not going to follow you anymore. This is stupid. He could follow himself and say, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to hang out here. I'll dig a well. I'll find some water somehow. He could have just said, I've got some friends back home. We're just going to go hang out. That's much better than going there. He could have run away and done his own thing. Or he could die to himself, to what he wanted, to what would be easier, what would be more comfortable. He could die to that, and he could just simply trust God and go there. Because daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. So verse 10 tells us what he decided to do. Verse 10 says, so he went, he went there. That's what he did. Daily living for God requires every moment dying to yourself. Which is so difficult to do. Because I guess the great fear, if you're like me, the great fear that I have in dying to myself is this. If I choose to go there, if I choose to daily live for God and die to myself, die to the things I want, die to my way, die to the things that people are telling me I should be involved in, should be doing, if I die to all of that, here's the thing. I'm afraid that God is not going to let me ever do what I want to do. And there are things I want to do. I'm afraid 
to follow God because I just, there are things that I want to do. But we have a choice to make. Daily living for God requires every moment. It's really not even enough to do it just once a day as we get up. Every moment dying to yourself. And we, re we realize that this is a simple concept that is very difficult to actually put into practice. Oh, it's so easy to say it. But we're, we're going to be learning how to do this the rest of our lives. Because it is moment by moment. This morning, we want to encourage you in taking a step toward that. On the back of your connection card, here's what the letter A means. And we hope you'll take this step with us. This is what it means on the back. If you circle this, there's, and there's a, something for you to write down beside it. What of yourself do you need to die to so you can live for God? What is it of yourself that you've been holding on to, you've been hanging on to? And you've said, God, maybe God has said, go there. Maybe God has said, and you have not been living for God because you've been hanging on to this so hard. What is that that you've been hanging on to? Would you write that down by the letter A? Circle the letter A, write that down. We hope you'll have a conversation this week with God about what you have been holding on to to see if you can begin to turn that loose, begin to die to yourself regarding that. And then the letter B, we're going to encourage you just simply this week to read and talk to God about those two verses, Galatians 2.20 and Luke 9.23. And don't, you can't write, if you're going to do that, circle the letter B, but then on like your worship guide or your hand or something, write down those two verses because that way you can get to them. Or Donnie already has them. He's already got them on the... Right. On the, the interactive worship page, you can pull those verses out, and the text is there also. So, so it's there up. for you. We hope you'll take these steps today. What is it that you've been hanging on to? That's letter A. And then letter B says you're going to read and talk to God about these two verses this week. And, and it's not going to get you there, but it's a step in that direction. Daily living for God requires every moment dying to ourselves. Let's pray. God, even Elijah just reminds us, as he stated, as surely as the Lord, the, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, and God, that just encourages me to make a stand with my life that says I am going to serve and follow you every day. And God, I know in order for me to do that, I have got to every moment die to myself, my way, the things I want, my desires, my selfishness. I have to die to that, and I have to say yes to you. God, Elijah's very name says, my God is Jehovah, and I so desire that my life, and I know many of my friends here today are desiring that their lives, their very lives would scream that our God is Jehovah. Not even with our voices as much as with our decisions and the things we do, may our lives scream that you, Jesus, are our God, our Savior. May we daily live for you, God, and we need your help so that we can every moment die to ourselves. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.